Hey, he's Jake, and I'm Matt. And welcome to Pat's Chat, the UK's best New England Patriots podcast. guys how's it going and welcome to another episode of Pat's Chat it is myself Matt and I am joined by Jake how's it going Jake not too bad not too bad looking forward to uh, Christmas seeing that it's coming up very quickly oddly fast yeah I know um it's it's coming thick and fast I was actually just saying to the the wife today uh, no it wasn't the wife it was my mum I was saying to that um I've just got a week on Saturday and that's my last shift for three weeks because I'm off all over Christmas and New Year. So I was like, lucky man. That's a bit weird to say a week on Saturday is my last shift for a while. I'll be the last shift of the madness that has been 2020. Um, although 2021 for at least the first part of the year doesn't look like it's getting much better either. So um, yeah. So, but apart from that, um, everything is good and hunky dory, and um, we've both been busy and then subsequently tired. So, apologies for not getting a, a preview episode out last week, guys. Um, we are as annoyed as you that uh, that didn't happen. But yeah, um, as you will know, or or you should know probably that this isn't our paid job. So life does get in the way sometimes, I'm afraid. So we missed out on last week. Um, But could you have predicted this one, Jake? I certainly couldn't. Hell no. Um, I think where I was gearing up, um, thinking about predictions and everything else last week, um, yeah, I... I pretty much would have. I would have said the, the Chargers would have won in my mind. I would have thought with a, you know, Herbert has been brilliant for them. Um, you know, they found their franchise quarterback, which is kind of enviable, if I'm honest. You know how they've gone from Philip Rivers straight straight to to Justin Herbert, and all signs are pointing towards him being anything but a uh, draft bust. Um, yeah, I would have said the way they've been playing, the way that the team has sort of um, rallied around him and sort of pulled together. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, I think, what did they have, like, four out of five, four out of their last five were losses. I just expected them to bounce back with us, um, given our more recent inconsistent history. But yeah, I mean, pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. Wasn't expecting that at all. What about you? No, I definitely wasn't expecting that at all. I don't that if you called that then you know hit us up with the lottery numbers because we're going to be quids in soon enough (laughs) yeah (laughs) that um no i just didn't see that at all um it had to be for me it was definitely most mostly on the special teams um that won us this game because i was looking at the game and then looking at the stats afterwards and you're just like well 
any other team. Like, I don't want to sit here and say that we were poor because we weren't um, by any stretch. But at the same time, it just feels like the Chargers kind of gave this this one away more than anything um, for the phases of play, you know, offense, defense, and of course special teams. Then they were just poor in all fronts and we capitalized on that. And if we'd played that way against a better team, um, I don't think it would have been such a rampant scoreline because I was watching um, bits of it with my, my mate Stephen and I said to him on Skype, I was like, there was a part when I think we all thought that Tyrod Taylor was coming into the game. I was yeah. like, well, you know, fair enough. I think it was at that point, it was something like 35, I think it was some midway through the third, was it? There were 30, 35 nil up and you're like, well, if they, if you take away those special teams, um, touchdowns and you know, maybe points here or there, and you're looking at 23 to zip, then Taylor wouldn't be coming into the game. But because the game was essentially out of reach, I assumed that's what it was going to be. But then they obviously went back on that, and Herbert played out the game. I just thought, I was saying to him that, you know, a better reflection of the scoreline might have been around the sort of 23. 20 points, 23 points sort of mark. But it is what it is. You're not gonna say <laughs> gonna not gonna say no to it. You're you're gonna take it um all day long for sure, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I I don't I mean I completely concur. I don't think the Chargers did themselves, you know, many favours um through those different phases of the game, you know, special teams. Um you know, just basic stuff. I mean, how many times did they get penalised for, you know, really basic run-of-the-mill, um, you know, 11 men on the field or something off the top of my head? They had another one where, yeah, there was like two or three where you, you're kind of like, this is basic stuff. This is something I expect to see at, you know, university British American football level, <laughs> not the NFL, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. Um it was almost like they trained that you know that during training this week they did everything but special teams and in fact got told by the coach on the way out yeah yeah forget about special teams I'm not even going to bother with that you know this week or something it was it was quite strange but take nothing away from um, you know our special teams performance they were really on it um, yeah. and you know as I said credit to them because you win games with special teams and the Patriots in the past have had always had like well-drilled, well-oiled machines. People know what they're doing. They all cause things like field goal blocks or, um, you know, it's, it's always been something that we've excelled at and kind of really, you know, made sure all the dot, you know, all the I's are dotted and it's, it's kind of nice to see. It's, it's been a while since I kind of felt, like, oh, okay, this is, where's this been all season? Put it that way. Well, this is my question. Where is this kind of display defensively and specialty? <laughs> where has it been? It's yeah. really nice to see it. Yeah, it was, it was one of those, I think you mentioned it a few weeks back, that 
um, this going into this year, you were we would have expected the the defense and special teams to sort of carry the team a lot, and it wasn't really happening that much for some reason. But then the last yeah. two or three weeks, we've slowly seen it mesh and gel and come together, and then you know, pretty much hitting form at the right time, really, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, when you look back over um, historic Patriots teams, let's say within the last 10, maybe even 15 years, they've always been one of those slower teams. You know, we go back to that absolute, you know, battering we got from uh, Kansas a few years ago with the uh, Ron Cincinnati. You know, it was always this slow burner. It takes a couple of weeks for the team to kind of, oh, we are this team, we are powerful, or oh, we are this team, we've got you know two really good tight ends, and we're going to do a lot of um, wildcat and um, stuff like that. It almost feels like we've started to maybe start to think about what we are as a team, and I'm, I'm hesitant to say that just yet because. It's not like we're deep into this and me and you could sit here now and identify, well, we are this, this, this and this because we're still very close to those inconsistent performances and we are also very like near the end of the season. But um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put it past us to, for some reason, just pick up a little bit of speed now when when the sort of uh, odds are kind of, you know, when, when we need it the most. And, um, yeah, I suppose we'll just see how that goes. I'm, I'm going to reserve judgment. I don't want to sort of get, like, caught up in a bandwagon of we're the greatest team ever because I don't think that. Um, but likewise, I, I do think that was a, a real statement um, that the, the team is better and, and should have been performing at a, a better level than we've probably seen so far. Mm, um, yeah, I I can't disagree with that. Um I know we seem to, we do have our differences now and again, but I certainly can't disagree with that. But yeah, I think as we we both say, we're probably starting to hit a bit of form at the right time. And yeah. weirdly enough, we we sat here two three weeks ago and said, right, that's it. Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's it's done. I mean, I was even messaging someone last week. Um, potential guest for the the pod and um, we've had to put that off probably till the new year when um, the postseason has started and I was like well yeah we're going to need something to talk about because we're not going to be there but all of a sudden I mean I don't want to get my hopes up I don't um, want to look too far ahead but we are in the thick of this and as much as uh, I mean I didn't realize until I saw something come up on the screen during our game last night, or it was on, maybe on Red Zone, that um, it was... I'm, I'm, I don't like the Raiders that much at all, um, but I, th- I thought it was quite funny. And, uh, you know, the it was like the last seconds that they beat the Jets, just because it's the Jets. And, you know, they, they're by far worse than... Uh, the Raiders and you know the divisional rival and thought, ah, that, that's it. They've lost another one, and then I was like, oh crap! We actually kind of needed the Jets to win that because that yeah. pulls them in towards us um, in the the race for the the wild cards and the uh, and you know getting into the postseason. I was like, oh crap! <laughs> I really wanted the Jets to win that now that I've like 
paid a bit more close attention to it. Um, same way as I'm not in any way, shape or form, even remotely close to being a, a Cowboys um, affiliate or anything. But we really need the Cowboys to, to win tomorrow, if that's even possible. Because the it, you know the, the Ravens aren't winning their division the the Steelers are running away with that one now. So for the Ravens to make the postseason, they have to get in through the back door the same as us because it seems, I would imagine, that the Bills will win our division. And yeah, we actually need the Cowboys to win um, tomorrow night. So how, who would have thought we'd have been sitting here potentially speaking about playoff football uh, in a, a, what, a month's time-ish, there or thereabouts? That's madness. It really is. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm. I'm just going to take every game as it comes. I'm not going to sit there and um, get excited one way or the other. I'm just like embracing myself for disappointment again. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think it's it's, it's weird because I, I've totally written it off. Um, and yeah. It, I'm not going to say no to a bit of playoff football. It's always, you know, you'd rather be in it than sort of sat on the sidelines and kind of like, oh, yeah, well, we've got the draft to look forward to. You know, it's... Uh, yeah. But we'll see, because it is, you know, it's all to play for, but we need a lot of things to go in, in our favour. And, you know, that's the worst type of thing, situation you want to be in, where it's not even, it's not even down to you. But it's going to put those games against the Bills, the Dolphins, um you know, there's going to be a hell of a lot riding on those games. Um, yeah. All, all to play for. Yeah. Um, if we, certainly, if we, I mean, the Rams aren't, they did come back last night and, and win out against the Cardinals, but the first half, they weren't, um, they weren't looking like a, a great team at all. And if we can get that Rams for a whole game um, next weekend, then, well, Thursday night, actually, um, then, you know, if we can win that one, wow, the the last three games are going to be madness and all to play for in the division. And that's a, I think that's the beauty of the NFL schedule is that generally speaking, it'll be divisional games to finish off the year. And then you want to be, the NFL want this to be a thing that basically three teams are vying for the top two spaces and potentially... Um, playoff football so I think Roger Goodell as much as he probably hates us he, he'll be willing us to win the next uh, couple of games to set up an interesting climax to for our season and, and the Bills and uh, Dolphins as well but yeah but if we look at um, last night in particular we as much as they were poor I would say, you know, as the defense played really well. And we, one of the things I picked out from last night was our running game was good offensively, but there we managed to stop their running game, which I think was a huge thing because Kalen Balazs has been good for them the past few weeks with Austin Eckler on IR. And Austin Eckler was coming into the year as one of the top backs and he started off the season really well. But between the two of them, we, we held them in total for 70 yards last night off of 15 carries. So 
yeah, I wasn't expecting that because we've seen other teams run all over us, um, and I would have probably expected them to do something similar. I mean, I'm the same as you. I'd never mentioned at the top, but I would say I was the same as you, Jake. In that I went, I would probably have maybe expected a, a Chargers victory, although I thought we this was a, definitely a winnable game. Um, I, I the Pickham contest I do for NFL Scotland, I picked us, but but part of me that was like you know the homer pick you can't bet against your own team sort of thing, but. Yeah, to um, to keep the the Chargers to seventy yards from two good running backs in this league, then I was pleased with that. That was a, that was a a good thing. I I, point out, I thought I picked out last night definitely. Yeah, definitely, and I think that combined with um, I mean, we were dialing up blitzes. Like every play, it felt like mm. they did not let Herbert um, sort of get comfortable in the pocket at any point, and it it really shows. You know, he he went from someone who's pretty reliable, who goes on an absolute howitzer for a bloody you know right arm, um, and completely immobilized because he you know um, to quote a certain Jets quarterback, you know, it was almost seeing ghosts. Um, <laughs> it was, you know, he, he, he there was no way that he could comfortably sit there and kind of, you know, analyze the field and go through his, you know, progressions and everything else because, you know, 90% of the time someone was going to be on top of him. And, you know, his offensive line, we didn't do him the greatest of favors, all due respect to them. Um, but likewise, I think defensively, they, they played a, you know, a perfect game. Um, Really, in the grand scheme of things, it was just you know, wouldn't we? Uh, it was the Texans game when we were, you know, saying to Graham, you know, I'll we'll probably beat you when it comes to the coaching aspect of it, and that didn't pan out. But it really felt like it panned out in in this game. It, it was mm-hmm. a clear gulf between the, the two sets of coaching staff, in my opinion, and how they um, prepared for the game, and you know, they they knew what to do with, with Herbert. Um, you know, just knock him off of everything that he wants to do and, and force him to, you know, start scratching his head and, and thinking about what he's going to do. And before you know it, bang, um, sack or, you know, loss of yards. And as you said, the um, the running game being out of it as well, you've just taken two things out of, out of you know, the sort of quiver of, of, of their bow and arrow. It's just, yeah, it was a really... It was almost like a vintage patch display to an extent, you know what I mean? When we talked, in, you know, this year about you know, vintage, uh, vintage Patriots and adapting against the other team and kind of taking away what they do and, and stuff like that, that's what that felt like. And it was a real nice sort of throwback as, as a fan of more than 10 minutes of the Patriots. But <laughs> it, was like, it was like good old times again. Yeah, they, um, I mean, we... Uh... We managed three sacks on on the game and eleven QB hits. It was the oh, but it was the, the the QB hits that for me um, was the big thing that shows how much we actually got to him. And the in comparison, they managed one sack and two QB hits. So uh, I mean, that's the thing with our as much as there maybe wasn't that much of a. Um, what do you call it? 
a throwing game last night, apart from the Stidham throw to um, Olszewski towards the end of the game when he came in for a few plays, then you know that kind of boosted the stats quite a lot because between the two of them, they, I mean, Newton had 69 yards and Stidham had 61. And Stidham was only in for like three plays or so. Um, so that Olszewski touchdown certainly boosted things. But I mean, even without that, the our line, again, something that's starting to gel really well. Um, Michael Onwenu, as he's been one of the stars of the, the show this year, for, for sure, yeah. I, I would say. But yeah, back to what we were saying about the um, Herbert and the Chargers and nullifying him to get that much pressure on him all game. I mean, we all know that um, Bill Belichick is so good against rookie quarterbacks, generally speaking, um, that he just knows how to play them. It seems he gets inside their head somehow once, you know, almost like the rain. <laughs> the rain in Scotland is similar to the rain coming down on the the, the rookie QBs and especially yesterday. It was just Instead of rain, it's just players left, right and centre. He didn't know where to look, where to run, where to throw. He, he was just, it was just good coaching. Um, it really was. But at the same time, I I don't really rate Ant Elin that much. I think he's kind of lost that dressing room, in my opinion. I can't really see him lasting beyond the end of the year. Was it Black, Black Monday? I think he'll be... That'll be him out the door. They'll be looking for a new coach in the the new year, I suspect. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. The it was funny. I don't know if you've seen it. I was um, I sent it to my, my mate last night. That um, I think it must have been week five, possibly. That there's a picture anyway. It's on the the uh, Gridiron Magazine. Instagram account that it looks like and I'm pretty sure it is that Auntie Lynn's wearing a pair of Charger shorts and for a mask instead of an actual face mask. <laughs> I mean, to me, that just, yeah, to me, that just sums up like how his year's been. I mean, he's been a decent coach for the um, head coach for them, but I think he's, he's run out of things and he's run out of ideas. And, run out of steam. Yeah. yeah, it's petering out and coming to an end and, in LA for him, I yeah, would imagine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> running around with shorts on your face. Why? I mean, I was confused because I saw Tyrod. Uh, you know, um, uh, Herbert had some issues with his like helmet, mic um, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Tyrod Taylor was kind of like, "Oh, do you want my helmet?" And then I noticed that Taylor was wearing um, a balaclava, and I was like, "Wait, aren't you in Los Angeles?" Wait, aren't you inside a stadium that has a roof? And obviously, I know you're doing it for COVID, but I was like, mate, you must be, you know, must be a bit sweaty in there. You know, having having played in, in sun and snow, um, personally, I can tell you that it would be pretty stuffy. Pretty stuffy. <laughs> I'd rather have a face mask on, personally. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one. Like, I mean, personally, and through the NFL I just I don't know what to make of the the face mask versus um, what's the the face shield 
you know, I just don't. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure what to make of it and why some choose a mask and the face shield. Some just choose the the face shield. Like I'm me, I just they don't have a deal for it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you'd have thought. That we benefit the lucky is going to go do DIY. Well, that's what I, I was thinking. Uh, um, I said to my friend last night that I was like, "What is going on?" You, you, they cut to like Josh McDaniels, and he's like, he's got the proper, um, like he's ran out, ran into the club shop and picked up the mask that cost you like fifteen quid from Foco or something like that. Um, proper legit looking thing, you know. You'd think they'd all be decked out in that, and then Bill comes along. Looks like he's picked his up in Poundland, and he's off to be sanding some floors in a minute. <laughs> I'm sure, like, is it every time I got to him, I was very confused. Like, are you, where are you? That did you go to? You know, Home Depot? Got it from? Uh, yeah, it's a bit. I'm just surprised the NFL being is sort of savvy and. Um, I'm not going to bore you with my day job and, you know, sponsorship in sport, but I'm just surprised that the NFL haven't mandated, you know, like, oh, we've got a new official face mask, yep. face shield supplier of the NFL or you know, new era of producing face masks and everyone is mandated to wear them on the sideline. I mean, Nike, for goodness sake, come on, you're, you're missing a trick here. Yeah, well, that's why... Uh, specifically mentioned Foco because I know that they are um, peddling the masks and well even the NFL um, shop in general has been peddling the masks for a while as well but yeah it just it was, it's a bizarre one but it's hilarious I, I just part of me I'm just like I know it's Bill Belichick but I can't take him seriously when I know he's just gone into his shed and picked out like whatever comes to hand. <laughs> it just looks you so. You can imagine those Zoom calls, can't you? Yeah, Still, just... you need to wear a face mask. I've got one. It's in my shed. I'll be two minutes. I mean, we've got face masks at at my work for what I do, but I mean, they look a hundred million times better than that cheap looking. Almost looks like you're wearing a, a duck bill on, on sideways type <laughs> thing. And just, I just. Especially no. because, as you said, it doesn't fit his face. It's not like the the one that covers your whole mouth, and um, it, it was it looked like a an, like a horror movie type surgeon or something. That was the kind of vibe I was getting outside of the the DIY connotation. <laughs> you just um, oh, what's his name? Like Texas Chainsaw Mask are just coming That's at you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, perfect. <laughs> I'm going, to, I'm going to carve up your, your quarterback and just serve it back to you like Hannibal Lecter or something. <laughs> it's just, it, yeah, I just, I don't understand why he's, I mean, he's maybe, we're sitting here taking the piss and he's probably got some allergy to latex or whatever that material is that they, they make a lot of the face masks from, I don't know, but it just... No, I just can't take him seriously at all. <laughs> oh, dear me. But anyway, back to the actual on-screen action. Um, yeah, I just... I just... I don't know where this leaves us, I think, is what's going through my head. I'm not sure about yourself, but I just don't know where this leaves us in terms of there was no way that was a 45 zip performance that wasn't like 
I don't know if you've seen any of the Browns Titans game, but that first what was it, thirty minutes or so from um, first half in general from the the Browns, like it wasn't that type of performance where they just threw bombs left, right, and centre, picked up touchdowns willy nilly. And then just cruised the second half. I think they only scored like six points in the second half or something like that. It wasn't one of those performances, although it kind of was because we were 28-0 up at the half. But I think it's because it was special teams, like the the return touchdown from Olszewski and the, the, the field goal block then... It it just feels different. I don't I don't know how to explain it unless you've got better words than me. No, I'd agree. Like, I don't think it was a dominating performance. I just think that the uh, a mixture of the you know the Patriots actually kind of asserting their will to an extent when it came to um, you know defense, special teams, uh, running the ball because I thought we did that quite well. Um, and the Chargers pretty much just tripping over their own shoelaces, capitulating at every given available <laughs> opportunity and, you know, ending up with a lot of egg on their face. Um, yeah, no, you're right. Because I, I was watching the, the, the Times game as well and that was a dominant display. You know, if that was the Patriots, we'd be talking now like that before. That was a, you know, where was that earlier in the season, you know, wow, Cam looks great when he threw for X amount of yards and, you know, in kill Harry, geez, that was dominant. How he was catching those balls and they've got, we're not talking about that. We're just saying, yeah, defense and special teams had a great time and offense wasn't terrible. So, um, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a different set of circumstances in my opinion. Mm. I actually thought you were a way to go. 1990s Vince McMahon on the the commentary mic there when you started off and then it kind of didn't happen. I got a bit disappointed. <laughs> what did I say? I don't even know what I said there. It was just your uh, your manner and the, the the voice you were starting to to so take I'm up. Yeah, I thought uh, my my inner Vince. Then you you just went all match striker thing, instead. Ah yeah. <laughs> oh, damn! No chance. That's what you get. He was actually a really good commentator. I I kind of miss Vince McMahon commentator sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I would have to agree with that. Having watched a, a couple of um, WWE, uh, what are they called? Um, WrestleMania, probably um, this year, like during COVID and in you know boredom and stuff, and watched some of the really old ones where he was on it, and you're kind of like, yeah, I, I and obviously this is pre Mister McMahon. For Mr. McMahon, yeah, he's just just the commentator guy, yeah. That was the point, like, because I was young enough, I didn't know any better. Um, that he was just, and maybe I don't know, like, because it was pre internet and things, I don't know even if it was if 35 year old me 20 years ago would have realized that he was the man that owned the company, sort of thing, because he was just. You know, he took over from, I think it was from JR, or was it Gorilla Monsoon? Might have even been Gorilla Monsoon. Been yeah, I think it was because he... I remember JR saying, JR used to just call him McMahon. McMahon. Why do I keep saying McMahon? McMahon. 
he used to think he was a man. And then like now in retrospect, I'm like, you're calling your boss by his last name. You're not even putting the mister there. Yeah, you know, it never sits right with me. Yeah, well, that, that I think I, that that was a whole buy-in to the whole thing of he was just a commentator and you didn't know that yeah. this guy, that he wasn't an on-screen personality as such. He was just what you would, the voice that you would hear that, you know, you didn't know this was the guy that run the whole empire and stuff. I was just, yeah, I kind of miss those days a little bit. It's, we were yeah, talking about that. Well. I mean, that's why we watch it. I've not, um, not really watched, I think, WrestleMania this year because it was it was an intrigue to see how they would do it with the whole COVID thing and there was no audience and it was at the Performance Centre and stuff. But in recent months... Like, what did you think? Um, overall, it was good. I, I quite enjoyed the WrestleMania and the, the Undertaker match was... I mean, looking back and thinking that's his last match as you'd want a bit more hell in a cell against mankind <laughs> than you would some weird sort of performance art against AJ Styles, but Yeah. That was uh, the only one that I saw and I was a bit confused by it if I'm if I'm honest. I didn't watch I didn't watch it. I, I think the audience make up a lot of that for me. Um so I, I was like, nah, nah, I'll give it a miss this year. If you get a chance, watch the Oh, it's like Bray Wyatt slash Fiend against John Cena. Then you'll get confused. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out so now. What, WrestleMania as well? Yeah, from WrestleMania this oh, okay. year. Have a look at that. It's, yeah, that that's performance art. That's not even wrestling. That is weird and bizarre. And I felt like I was watching like a Fast and Furious cut scene or something. I, I don't know, like that was the kind of vibe of the Undertaker, so that's now what I'm imagining with this, where it's kind of because like he'll disappear or something, but it'll be special effects rather than you know, the usual sort of smoke and mirrors that you'd get in a normal performance. Yeah. Yeah, I've just not mm. I don't know, I've just not had the, the same interest to watch um, that much lately, like it kind of comes down to a time factor as well it's like how much do you have to invest in because there's that much wrestling to get invested in whether it's NXT or is it WWE or is it AEW or um, I know um, there was the NWA for a while that came back on the oh, scene yeah, yeah. Um, the guy what's his name Aldous Nick Aldous he was in the, yeah. the the Gladiators reboot. He was champion for a while, wasn't he? Um, I know right. he was. Yeah, I know he was in it. There's a lot it. of products. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot to to watch. So, I mean, even within WWE itself, whether it's as I say the the main roster, Raw and SmackDown, you've got the NXT. You've then got the Two Five Live stuff. You've got the NXT UK, like. Even that is about six hours a week to try and wrap your head around before you even watch anything else. So, how many days a week is it on? Is it on every single day? Then, in terms of a live show, I think you get Monday. It's Monday, Wednesday, Friday. 
I think UK is on the same day as NXT. I can't remember. If anyone listening um, that follows it a bit more than I do these days um, for just now, tweet us and let us know because I'm I'm not going to spoil it and Google it <laughs> as much <laughs> as I could. Um, get involved with us. Interact. Tweet us and let us know um, how, how much wrestling there is and how many days a week it covers. Yeah, we'd love to hear it. I saw this thing. I'm excited um, for that. Um, but I mean, in terms of how much wrestling I consume, I tend to put it on in the background and yeah, kind of background noise. I, I just put anything from circa what 1989 up until about 2001. Yeah, I, I just tend to put raw on and, and just leave it to play and kind of zoom in and out and because that that for me was the, the perfect perfect sort of time period and then what they had like the brand split and all of that and i couldn't be bothered as like, i think i just want to watch smackdown or i want to watch raw and yeah yeah um that's a long-winded way of just saying that i'm a 90s kid at heart and that for me was was the best i i flip back and forth um with it for me, it's still, generally speaking, and although I was only born in the mid eighties, um, yeah. it would be sort of mid to late eighties to, yeah, roughly like that attitude around two thousand, two thousand and one, whenever it was that that finished. Um, but definitely early nineties, like sort of WrestleMania four slash five to about WrestleMania ten, twelve ish. Um up and then you kinda skip a couple and you get to was it seventeen I think? Yeah. Was a good was that Rock and Austin maybe? Austin, yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, I think they'd done they done something special for WrestleMania twenty because it was um because that was the thing, it used to be like, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 was all the sort of good big ones. And now it's like every year it's getting crazier and crazier. I generally don't know how they do, like how they top it and how they keep it exciting and have people tune in still because, you know, it's like it's like a Super Bowl really at this point in, in the game and, and everything else. Um yeah. Oh, and speaking of which, um, have you ever watched The Dark Side of the Ring? I've watched some of them. Uh, I didn't watch. I was watching them during lockdown. I didn't watch them all. Um, so it depends which That's ones. A good show. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there was nothing specific. I was just going to say, um, you know, to anyone listening, and you've got an interest in wrestling or um, just sort of the dark side of sports, sports entertainment. And, and just documentaries, I guess. Um, have a look for the dark side of the ring. Um, really kind of hammers home just how much of a toll, you know, wrestling has taken on people over the years. And, you know, as the, the name implies, the, the dark side of it is a lot of people just see these, you know, super colourful pantomime-esque characters and, oh, it's for kids, isn't it? And blah, blah, blah. And, you see what goes on and what kind of things people have lived through or not lived through and yeah it's it's just really really interesting i think you, um, you get really them on well 
Yeah, definitely. And, and the interviews and and they've they don't they've managed to capture, you know, it's not like these um what do you call them? You know, these comedy things. It doesn't have a like, glossy sheen on it, like it, the NFL. You know, the NFL did a concussion thing. It's not like these for probably a more a, a UK thing than a international thing but you know these comedy you know you start getting them at this time of year the list shows and you get the comedy guys that you're just like yeah who are you like what are you what are you to me sort of thing you're like oh number five in the list of best uh, chocolate bars at the moment is and you'll get (laughs) you know those kind of things it's not like that they've got those type of interview bits within the actual documentaries but it is Bret Hart. It's Jim Ross. It is you know. It's the it's the all star cast effectively, um, that do them. Yeah. And they were last I, well, I was watching them on lockdown on all four. They were on there on the four demand um, app, and I think YouTube also has them as well. Um, but yeah, they they are good. And as you say, um, going back to NFL because we've probably bored people enough with wrestling if you're not into it, and they've probably switched off and. Uh, tuned out already um as you say if it was like the a football life uh documentaries and how much some of them that we've saw over the years that you know the cover of the concussion i can't remember the guy was um well like junior the, the raiders who was the raiders guy that was on a football life it's he's got a name like uh, like Aldous, but it's not. I can't remember his name. But he was the guy that basically did a um, Chris Benoit and kind of like killed oh, his family yeah. and himself, sort of thing. I think he at least killed himself, but through a concussion, sort of you know mashed up head type scenario. And why they try and make the game as you know as safe as possible these days is down to unfortunately. Uh, characters like him that have had ill effects later in life. But yeah, it's that kind of thing, but wrestling pretty much. Um, But yeah, so back on the NFL, I think we should go, Jake. Uh, Patriots specifically. (laughs) Yeah, overall, like, you know, you'll... As we've said before, we we try and take an alternative take on these things with us. I mean, there are plenty, plenty of podcasts out there that you can get all your stats and figures and numbers, and we try and give you a different spin, a different perspective that that we see it as. And but yeah, I don't, I couldn't see anyone <laughs> forecasting that. Um, I never actually saw what the spread was before the game, but I imagine it was probably quite close. And if it had been any more than what, maybe eight points, I would have said that the spread would have been uh, the the points differential would have been within the spread. I wouldn't have said the spread would have been covered at that probably, but certainly not at forty five points. That's for sure. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. And you know, as we said, it just got, it boils down to so many different factors. But um, I will take a win. Every single time, 
in a terrible I don't really yeah I mean I don't care how you give me the win uh Messi brilliant everything in between I'll, I'll take it a win's a win especially at this time of year um as okay. we've mentioned going towards January and the postseason and actually we've still got a, a shot at this and it just circles back to what you said earlier on about the coaching we've got the best coach in football um, we might not have the best team, we might not have the best players overall uh, in comparison to some teams like the Steelers or and you know if, like the Chiefs or whoever else that we could possibly come up against and I mean even the even the Colts don't even like, have that great a team but they're they've Offensive players, at least, but you know, as a overall unit, they're they're showing what they can do. But yeah, they've not got Bill Belichick, and I think when was that? Was it two or three weeks ago, maybe that you'd said, you know, I'm not really keen on getting into the playoffs because we're not going to do much. But and I would have agreed with you then, but we are coming in a bit of form, hopefully at the right time, and you've got to be in it to win it. And as much as it's one that we like to block out with the memory, I think it was, it was the first Giants Super Bowl. They oh. they were something ridiculous. Like They scraped in through the back door into the yeah, playoffs did, yeah. and then went all the way and won it. So... I mean, if they can do it, anyone can do it. So, yeah, uh, and to be honest with you, I was thinking that with the Pittsburgh Steelers being on the run that they are, I was like, oh, it's, it's not exactly the same because we can't play them in the Super Bowl, but there are some parallels kind of happening at the moment where I was like, hmm, yep. that would be a good storyline. <laughs> yeah, they go all the way and then the Saints or whoever... Not that they would be sneaking in the back door because they've made the playoffs, but um, whoever else you want to pick out the NFC, uh, <laughs> the Lions got an outside chance. I don't want to say the Giants because that surely that can't happen again. Surely. No, no, no. Don't jinx it. Don't even put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not prepared. Um, I don't, you know, I, I don't need the answer. Like, I don't need the answer of, you know, is is the are the Giants Bills kryptonite or the Patriots kryptonite? I I don't need to know. I don't want to know. This. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, let's just put that one to bed right now, and I think let's put this podcast to the bed to bed as well because we are on a short week. We will be back in your ears sooner than usual. Um. Probably Thursday morning, uh, UK time. We'll get a, we'll have another one out. Maybe we'll see. We'll discuss it off air and um, decide what we're going to do. But yeah, I think that pretty much covers us to the 500 point the season as we've beat the Chargers 45 to zip and go six and six on the season to date. Um, up next to the Rams on Thursday night football, so something else to look forward to, apart from the late nights if you're like us and you live in the UK. Um, but as usual, if you want to chat to us on Twitter, like we've mentioned, you can come chat WWE, AEW, 
TNA, whatever sort of wrestling you want to come chat, we'll we'll do that. Uh, we'll chat NFL to you. We'll chat anything, whether it's Patriots or Chargers or Steelers or the that team from New York. Um, hit us up on Twitter at Pat's Chat UK, and you'll also get us on Instagram at Pat's Chat UK. If you want to speak to us individually or tag us in anything it's at matt dinkster for myself it's at jake paul design for jake and nflscotland.com you will read my ramblings on there um at least once a week uh, there's an article on something related to the patriots or the afc east in general but i think that's about it so until later in the week um yeah we'll speak to you soon Go Pats.